0: Hi, folks. Wooden Boat Dan here. Just wanted to give you a heads up. The podcast you're about to listen to was recorded several years ago, so some of the phone numbers, email addresses, website links, and time-sensitive information are no longer valid. Please keep that in mind as you listen. If you'd like to contact me, my email address is woodenboatdan at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Hooked on Wooden Boats, weekly podcast, episode number 40. I am your host, Dan Mattson, a.k.a. Wooden Boat Dan, a.k.a. Dan the Man, and this is the world's first podcast fully dedicated to celebrating the art, craft, history, and tradition of wooden boats all over the world and extraterrestrial wooden boats if they do exist on planets where there is wood and water. By the way, we wouldn't want to exclude those people. Well, welcome to the show today, folks. Uh, usually we don't talk about extraterrestrial life on this podcast, but, you know, you've got to mix it up a little bit, so why not have a little fun with it? If this is your first time, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. If you're a repeat visitor, you're having fun, I hope you tune in every week and get something out of this free podcast. Today's featured segment is an interview with Josh Colvin. Josh is the editor of Small Craft Advisor Magazine, and he's based in Port Townsend, Washington. And I had a great interview with Josh a couple of weeks ago. He's going to be talking about the magazine, talking about small boats, talking about the SCAMP, which is the Small Craft Advisor Magazine project. I've mentioned that quite a bit lately. It's a pretty cool little boat, 11 feet, 11 inches long, capable of ocean sailings, uh, a la Howard Rice next year sometime. So stick around for that interview. I would appreciate it if you would connect with me. There's quite a few ways to do it. One way is my voicemail feedback hotline at 424 261 2360. Again, that's 424-261-2360. You can email me, dan at hookedonwoodenboats.com. You can subscribe to my e-news list. If you go to my website, hookedonwoodenboats.com slash subscribe, that works. You can leave a comment on my website, which is a blog format where I put uh, podcast show notes each week when I release this podcast. You can put comments in there. You're welcome to do that. I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest as Wooden Boat Dan there. I'd love it if you'd send me pictures and stories and anecdotes and whatever else you want to send, cash, uh, vehicles, used records. I don't know. Nah, don't send me used records. I got rid of all mine a couple years ago. So this has been another fantastic week in the wooden boat world. I cranked on my canoe this weekend, my 12-foot sassafras canoe. Uh, As I mentioned last week, I have a goal of July 5th to get this sucker ready to go in the water. So this past weekend, I had it all stitched together. The bulkheads were filleted in place And so what I did was I epoxied all the lap-stitched joints with the hole upside down on a couple sawhorses. And I had some small syringes, but they didn't have a very fine tip on them, so they were a little too big to use as far as the hole coming out for the epoxy. So I was going to buy some West Systems caulking tubes that are refillable. Not refillable, but you can... They come empty. You can fill them with epoxy, then use them to squirt epoxy into your joints. Unfortunately, all the uh, places around where I live were out of those, or I had to order them. And it's like, okay, I want to get this boat cranking. So I got online. I love the internet. And I found a guy that took some (laughs) latex paint caulk tubes from Home Depot... So what you do is you buy a tube from Home Depot for $1.58 that's full of latex caulking, which is water-based. Cut the tip off and squirt all the latex, uh, latex caulking out of the tube. And then you, <laughs> this is quite a process. This is what I did, by the way. So I squirted all the junk out of the tube Then I took an air hose, stuck it in the tip of the tube and blew the the cap out the back end of the caulking gun. Then I rinsed the caulking gun out real good, wiped it out, rinsed it out with hot water. But I still couldn't get all the caulking out of the needle point of the caulking tube or the application tip, whatever you want to call it. So then what I did is I cut the application tip in half with a uh, utility knife. That gave me access to the application tube itself, or application tip. So I got that all cleaned out. Then it's like, okay, now i got to put this piece back on. But unfortunately, super glue and crazy glue don't work with plastic, so that didn't work. So I ended up... Uh, duct taping the tip back in place very tightly. Uh, So anyway, got all that done. That took me like an hour. It's like, okay, is this really worth it? Well, yeah, probably this time it is, but next time we're going to buy the tubes from West Marine, the West Systems tubes and save a little time. Anyway, uh, so I mixed up about 8 ounces of of epoxy, dumped it into my caulking tube, put the cap on the end of it, threw it in my caulking gun, and went to town on my boat. And it worked really good. Got all the laps uh, filled up with epoxy. Of course, it kind of soaks into the wood overnight. So then the uh, next morning, I went in and refilled those and took a little... um, my mixing stick actually for my epoxy with a rounded tip on it and kind of shaped all of the joints to be kind of the shape of a fillet. So they're pretty nice and smooth. So I got that all done. So basically I have the whole of the boat done. It's not painted of course, but it's all epoxied and in place. And so I'm pretty psyched about that. I think the next step is to put some glass on the bottom outside and the bottom inside of the boat and then I got to do the gunnels and the decks and paint and so on. So I'm about 40 hours into this and I think I'm going to be at 60 hours when I'm done and probably 500 bucks, which is both are both higher estimates than I said last week. Anyway, that's the update on the canoe. I'm having fun with it. I can't wait to get the boat in the water. Uh, What a blast to build a boat from a scrap pile of wood well it wasn't a scrap pile (laughs) but anyway having a lot of fun with that so let's see I did get my new artwork for my website and my iTunes banner and uh, check it out if you haven't already I think it's pretty cool got a little play on words there and my next step is I'm going to upload some artwork to the internet so if you would like to you'd be able to purchase a cap or a t-shirt coffee mug calendar I don't know what all with the Hooked on Wooden Boats logo on it which I think is pretty pretty flashy I actually paid a professional to do it and she did a great job okay I've got some listener feedback here from Brian Hansen. uh Brian's a guy that lives in Everett Washington that I used to work with good guy so take it away Brian Hey, Dan, it's Brian Hanson. Just got done listening to your interview with
1: Howard Rice, and I'm sitting down here at the upper Marina <clears throat> dreaming about boats that I don't have, but looking at some that others do. Um, anyway, one question. Um, Howard had mentioned something about you coming down and getting your hair wet, and I was just wondering if you were wearing your wig again, uh, because you and I both know you don't have any hair. So, you know, just wanting to keep you honest. Talk to you later. Bye.
0: Okay, Brian, you know, with comments like that, <laughs> I should really exclude you from the air, but I won't because I get very few comments on my voicemail feedback. So now that everybody that listens to this show knows I don't have any hair, actually I've got a little bit, I mean probably an eighth of an inch in places, uh, and normally I wear a cap, so okay, whatever Hanson, I'll let you get away with it this time, but you know, next time try to add something to the show, okay? <laughs> Okay, moving on here. Upcoming events, Wooden Boat Show, Mystic Seaport, Connecticut, June 29th to July 1st. Center for Wooden Boats, Wooden Boat Festival, Seattle, Washington, June 30th to July 4th. Scamp Class, Port Townsend, Washington, August 6th through the 17th, 2012, Howard Rice, John Wellsford, Scott Jones and others will be helping you build your scamp from a kit. The kit's on sale, the class is discounted. It's an awesome deal. And uh, if you send me like three grand, I'll attend myself. Actually, I do plan on showing up there and interviewing John Wellsford and maybe some other folks. There's other events posted on my website, so check it out if you get a chance. And if you've got some events you'd like me to post that fit the site, shoot them over to me. And I'll take a look at them. Okay, we're ready for the interview with Josh Colvin. Uh, Josh is a great guy. We had a lot of fun. So let's go ahead and kick it off here. Take it away, Josh. Okay. So it is uh, May 19, 2012. I am sitting here with Josh Colvin of uh, Small Craft Advisor Magazine. Josh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. So we're at the first annual Pocket uh, Yachters Palooza and uh josh is here with so you've got a booth set up and so on over there
1: yeah we're kind of uh acting as a sponsor of sort uh for the palooza and the forthcoming events and uh yeah we've got a little booth out here with the pocket yachters a local small boat club that we're also involved with right
0: right so you started the uh, small craft advisor magazine in 2000 when you were living in california so tell me what kind of led up to that why you made that decision
1: yeah, well, we were in uh, different businesses at the time, and uh, but heavily into sailing, and uh, we noticed that uh, reading about small boats was sort of, it was almost difficult to find anything. There used to be Small Boat Journal years ago, and uh, there was a magazine that existed that uh, covered the topic pretty well, but uh, after they kind of dropped out, and I guess, in the early 90s there was a void we would uh, flip open the mainstream glossy sailing magazines and every so often you'd see something on a boat that we could sort of relate to Mm -hmm. and uh, that was frustrating and we also found that um, you know there were people referencing a good small starter boat for (laughs) (laughs) $66,000 we just uh really couldn't relate it wasn't our world it wasn't sailing as we knew it um so we got to talking about hey maybe we should start a little newsletter and uh on small boats and cruising and uh, it kind of evolved from there. Mm -hmm. I see very cool so had you done a lot of sailing and stuff before that or? Yeah quite a bit um you know as a kid off and on and then uh I was I actually at the time I owned a couple of surf shops I was doing I was that was sort of my thing when we started the magazine and uh but I'd gotten back into doing a lot of sailing and And uh, that sort of led to it. I see. So did you grow up in California? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have some wooden boats as a kid? I had a mix. um, You know, a mix. I remember, uh, you know, smacking together, trying to build my own uh, raft as a kid, you know, Mm -hmm. going way back. It would be periods off and on where I would be involved in it. And uh, I had a mercury sloop and uh, uh, years later, of course, all kinds of boats since. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So do you have some boats now? Right now I've been... My personal boat right now is... Uh, I'm down to one boat, which is sort of a, an unusual thing. Really? Yeah, but uh, I have... Uh, I'm sailing the Scamp prototype. Okay, and, okay. And uh, that's been my... That's my primary boat right now, my only boat right now. Okay. So for our listeners who don't know what that is, tell me about that whole project, and... Uh, I mean, there's a lot to that. Yeah, it has been... It's taken on a life of its own. I've been uh, referring to it as the 11-foot, 11 11-inch 11 space shuttle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for all the brain power and uh, resources that have gone into it, but... Um, It is uh, an acronym. The name is an acronym for Small Craft Advisor Magazine Project. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had an idea, or we've had some ideas for over the years. We we review a boat in every magazine, every issue. Okay. So at this, you know, at the the time we uh, started thinking about SCAMP, we had reviewed and sailed some 60 or 70 boats. And uh, we got to thinking, you pick up little things, it would be nice to have a boat that did this and did that. Um, so we had a few ideas for what would be nice nice it, but we're not designers. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the designers we're fond of and we work with uh, in the magazine quite a bit is John Wellsford, mm-hmm. the New Zealand uh, small boat designer. And so we had a communication with John, and we said, hey, we've got a few things to throw at you. Can you make a boat out of this? And, and uh, we, we know with his the typical characteristics of his boat that it's going to be a pretty good fit, and mm-hmm. uh, he was real enthusiastic about it and uh so we started exchanging ideas on it thinking that what we would do is we would release a series of articles about the boat and uh give us some good material be interesting for readers to see what it's like collaborating with the designer and ending up with a kind of a commissioned design Mm -hmm. and um one thing led to another we decided to go ahead and build a prototype and maybe go ahead and sell plans uh and then we actually built it here at the maritime center uh, under uh case prins direction Hmm. and and uh Case was pushing for a kit. He said, you know, if you're going to go through all this work and you're going to develop these plans, you really ought to have a kit available. Yeah. So we jumped in deeper mm. uh, and went ahead and had the kit designed uh, with Turnpoint Design here in town. Oh. A you know, great company and uh, Brandon down at Turnpoint. So the combination of things, it's, it's, uh, then, it, then it started to take off. The, then all of a sudden we had plans and a kit, and it was amazing. The cord it struck as a design. You know, here it is, an 11-foot, 11 11-inch 11 boat. Uh, with a variety of kind of unusual features And uh, it really struck a chord And one of the things that really kicked it off Was a small boat adventurer Howard Rice mm-hmm. um, Saying he he contacted me from Japan Actually and he said I want to fly over And test sail that boat Oh seriously? He, yeah <laughs> He said you're coming away from Japan? He said I can't afford to pay you. No, No 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 I don't want to pay anything He said I just want to come out there I want to sail that boat Because that's exactly what I've been working on Um for uh, you know some adventurous things he has in mind. He said that's exactly the kind of boat I want to do it on. He said I'd like to try it. I think it's the right boat. And so I said, well, you're welcome to come out. And we had just launched the boat, and uh, so he came out in the middle of uh, a, a snowy January, and took the boat and left, and went over and overnighted on it, and uh, oh, really? took it off for a cruise and uh, in out eight, of Port Townsend. Out of Port Townsend, went over towards Mystery Bay and the islands there. And uh, anyway, he came back just thrilled. Said it's exactly what he thought it was. And he said, I want to, I want to. Uh, buy two kits and get going on building my own boats and, and then uh, it's kind of it's taken off That the combination of all these different events and uh, we also had one enter the Everglades Challenge and do really well in a, in a pretty challenging offshore environment so. Hmm. so what makes that boat really unique well, well you take a look at it and people the first thing they notice is the pram bow um, which is very, uh, very intentional design mm-hmm. it's got a lot of buoyancy to it it's a difficult boat to broach for example mm-hmm. with all the uh, volume up in the bow yeah. Um, so that's the thing people see right away. But but functionally, the, the thing that'll astound you if you've not been near the boat is that when you see it, you will never think it's a 12-foot boat. Uh, you sit in that cockpit, you'll think you're in a cockpit for a 15- or 16-foot boat. Oh, okay. Uh, but the, the unusual features, um, water ballast. It's got a 173 pounds of water ballast and a tank right in the bottom of the boat. So if you think of it as a sailing dinghy, which it really is, mm-hmm. um, if you took a person, an adult man, and set him at the bottom of the bo- you know the bottom of the bow, right in the center, you'd ha- it would add some stability to the boat, and it does. Uh, so you've got that, and you've also have uh, an offset centerboard. -hmm. Centerboard is in the seat, okay, and that opens up the entire footwell. Mm. So for here's this 12 foot boat, you're not bumping your knees into the centerboard. You're not trying to work around the trunk. It's gone. You don't even notice it. Most people don't see it, and they always ask, you know, what are you using for lateral resistance? Yeah. So uh, the offset centerboard, the water ballast, and uh, and really probably the most unique additional features are the uh, there's eight discrete uh, watertight chambers in the boat. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it's got massive flotation. You've got the flotation cabin. You've got flotation in the seats, you've got flotation, there's several bulkheads within the seats. The floor is actually sealed flotation aft of the uh, center after the water ballast and forward of the water ballast. Wow. So the boat is uh, needless to say unsinkable. So
0: what's the beam on that boat? Five three. Yeah, so it's almost half the length. Yeah, yeah. But that's kind of characteristic of a pram. Type it is style boat is the bow's cut off so it's a much bigger up the point, right? Precisely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, and that has sleeping accommodations for two people.
1: Yeah, I should mention it you, the, the, the way it's designed the uh, the brief on the boat really is that you would sleep A, a solo cruise will sleep along the cockpit sole. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, there's, there's several provisions in the sole that make it more comfortable for sleeping, including like a uh, a, a gutter around the outside so if any water comes aboard it kind of funnels back to these little sumps in the back of the boat. But uh, it's designed so you sleep with your upper body under what we call the veranda. We've been referring to it. It's the uh, the cabin roof extended aft, but it essentially functions like a hard dodger. Mm -hmm. And so your upper body is underneath there. And and it's actually quite nice because when you're in the sailing configuration, somebody on the boat wants to sit below. They can actually slide out of the wind, out of the noise, out of the weather and uh, be really kind of warm and toasty sitting on there. If you want to make a sandwich or you're gonna change the batteries in your GPS or you're doing something like that, you're out of this, there's no spray, there's no Uh-oh. water. Nice. So that all happens under there because have big stowage uh, uh, doors, you know, hatches right forward of you. So that's all under there. And then just sleeping on it, it's an eight foot, three inch long berth essentially by about 27 inches wide. So very comfortable for the single cruiser. If you're gonna cruise uh, in tandem or you have a, a two, two crew aboard, you can put filler boards or cushions in and uh, then you have a six foot six inch double berth in just the cockpit. hmm Okay. You said it has a center board? Is that it right? does, offset. Yeah.
0: Offset center board. Yeah. So you can raise and lower that obviously for trailering.
1: Rig- yes, yeah, Very easy to trailer the whole the boat with uh, with rig and everything is about four hundred and twenty pounds, um, which is an indication it's a big twelve footer. Yeah. Yeah, it's a right. it really is a big boat, but uh, uh, it's also flat-bottomed, essentially, and it has uh, skigs that balance out so that it'll dry out completely flat. Mm-hmm. One of the ideas behind the boat was that uh, it, one of the, uh, I guess, motivators for the design was sailing in small boats around here, I was particularly in the Columbia River on a trip that I went on. I was sailing, and I kept seeing these little waterways. And even in my little 16-foot boat, it was a little too big to actually, oh. you know, comfortably row up there. It had a little more draft than necessary. Yeah. And the scamp is really designed so that you can... It's got to be seaworthy to get you there. But then once you get there, you should be able to tuck into the shallowest thing. And if okay. the tide leaves you, you dry out. So you can row up pretty easily? Yeah, rows will row oh, okay.
0: Up. Very cool. So, um... Tell me about the construction of that boat. What's what's the construction method and material and all that?
1: Yeah, it's a uh, it's all Kumi plywood. The way the kit works at least, and this is the recommendation with the builder's manual, is that it's six and nine millimeter, and uh, it goes together um, uh, upright, um, and it comes with a, a building jig. Uh, the plans oh. and the kit uh, have a building jig for, it, and it's just to, to line everything up. The kit is kind of special because uh, at Turnpoint Designer makes it for us. They actually pre bevel all the planks, oh. and it's a variable bevel. So it's deadly accurate, and it's so accurate. In fact, when they were building it here at the Maritime Center, they were commenting on the fact that normally they're lining up you know they're working to try to get the bevels to line up, and they said it was almost the opposite with this boat. You could the bevels were so accurate that you could kind of line the whole thing up off of that. I mean, it just yeah, no, really uh, slick. Oh, the precision with CNC is remarkable. Yeah. So how many uh, strakes on the side of that boat? Three.
0: Three strikes, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And it's a flat bottom from there, then? Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, yeah, essentially yeah. flat bottom. I mean, there's a, there's you know a little bit of rocker to it, but basically a flat bottom.
0: And 100 square feet of sail.
1: 100 square foot balanced lug. Balance lug. Yep. Okay, so that's a single sail boat. Single sail, single sheet, um, single halyard. Yeah, yeah, so
0: that's pretty simple to operate.
1: That was the idea to keep it as, as simple as possible. Our part of the uh, overriding thing, I guess, for the design, again, going back to the brief was what is it that we loved about sailing that we're losing sight of,
0: mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And people
1: get, suddenly they're, they've got a boat in the marina, they've got, they're doing all this maintenance, they're paying for this, they're paying for that, they're putting gas in the, <laughs> in the outboard. <laughs> Dude, wait a minute, what, what I love about sailing was I, I want to just be able to go down there, push the boat in the water. If I have to take two strokes with the oars, fine, but then I want to put that sail up and sail out of the marina. And yeah. go out and sail around for a while and float, and maybe go up to the mud and jump off. I mean, these are, this is what, this is what yeah. we're trying to get back to. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know? very cool that's what I love about small boats I'm a small boat boat guy myself okay. Because it's just easy to get them around, you don't have any, you know, you're not paying mortgage, it's not a big, you don't have to pull them out and clean the bottoms, right, right. And do all
1: that that's stuff. That's exactly right. And that's, Lower maintenance. And that's, our, yeah, that's the theme of, the, of our magazine as well, and, and I notice um, so many of the customers, well, the readers of the magazine and also the customers for Scamp, it's amazing how many of them are older folks who've had all kinds of big boats and have worked their way back down, and they say, finally, they say, I just want a boat where I can maybe take the dog or a grandkid out in and just poke mm-hmm, around.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So how much does a kit cost? The kit is gotcha. $2,300 for, uh, that's the complete kit. Uh, it's all the plywood components of the boat, which is 99% yeah. of the boat. Yeah. And uh, we also offer a, a foils kit separate uh, for $325, and that's, uh, you know, rudder and centerboard in 18-millimeter Okumi halves. Okay. And then uh, you have to supply your own spars and sail. You know, we have yeah. a sail we offer. It's 699 It's a Neil Pride makes a, a real nice, uh, you know, three-reef point, cream-colored stock sale for us but uh, yeah so if somebody's going to
0: buy the kit and buy the centerboard and the rudder and the sail mm-hmm. and build their own spars and do it. How, what, what would be the total estimated cost approximately?
1: Yeah, boy, it's real approximate. You know, it's funny because you have a couple of the boats that have been built here. We've got, you know, bronze port lights in them and we've got, you know, yeah, uh, you the, the, fancy, the heavy the tr- pencils and gudgeons and all this stuff. But, yeah, so you really have a, a wide variety. I've, uh, I've Somebody threw out a number at me for, uh, for a real nice one, one of the ones that's been built, number six, and they threw out the price of... Uh, under six thousand dollars is really, really yeah. yeah and that was a, that was with a lot of bells and whistles so
0: oh really yeah
1: okay yeah so, that's wow so uh, what uh,
0: what length is the mast on that boat and the boom six,
1: 16 feet is the length of the mast i don't know the boom measurement off the top of my head but it's yeah. uh it's 16 feet on the mast the mast as we built it was a bird's mouth hollow spar oh you did yeah and we put uh solid spars on the on the yard and boom but uh, we have some builders, and this is typical of a lot, a lot of John Wells for his designs. A lot of, well, I'm sure it's common with a lot of designers is that the builders, they're real comfortable, they're reasonably comfortable building the boat, the hull, but they're less comfortable with spars. Yeah. yeah. Right. Not a lot of people have really taken us up on that. We have the, the specs for doing bird's mouth. Oh, you do? Yeah. It's for in, that boat? Yes. Uh-huh. It's included. Uh-huh. It's included in the plan. Uh-huh. So it's nice. there, but, but a lot of people are hesitant, <clears throat> and, and so we, the, as a result, we've actually made available information for doing them aluminum if people want to paint us paint an aluminum farm put it on there but we're encouraging people to consider that yeah <laughs> Don't. not not oh, that makes me sick to think aluminum and, you know it's amazing out. how much it, ha- it happens and i think people get to the they, they get to that stage of the build and yeah. they think oh, i'm ready to hurry this thing up now but right uh, <laughs>
0: Wow. So, uh, so what's the total weight of the boat again, with everything on it? About 420 pounds. That's 420 what we came with, up with, with the spars and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. And uh, do people put any uh, electric motors or anything on them, or?
1: It's a good question. Yeah, it's designed so that it can carry a motor mount, and you can run a regular, you know, uh, small horsepower outboard on it. But one of the most interesting, one of the most uh, appealing. Auxiliary propulsion options is putting a, an electric uh, outboard on it, and instead of putting your water ballast uh, water in the water ballast tank, is to go ahead and put batteries in it. Oh. So you get the effect of the ballast. Oh. It doesn't add a ton of weight to the boat anyway. Either way, and then you're not dealing with you know fussing with the water ballast. You just leave the batteries in there and charge them that way, and you can you can vary the size of the aperture, of the opening into the uh, tank, and. Uh, combine that with, uh, with an electric outboard and you'd have a really slick little boat. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. But if you're a minimalist, you roll out, you roll out. from the shore yes. as far as you need to safely start sailing. That's right.
1: And it's an unusual yeah. boat. And that was another part of the design reef was I want a boat that I can truly comfortably sail it in and out of the marinas. I mean, provided conditions that are all reasonable yeah. because uh, it's not a boat. It, it, what I always think of is it's uh, small enough that if I do run into something, I'm unlikely to hurt it.
0: Yeah. And, yeah.
1: Uh, but, but mostly it's really very maneuverable so it's, uh, it's, one, it's both small enough that you can do that. Yeah. What's the draft on the boat? Seven inches. Seven inches. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: You go anywhere in it. Yeah. So now, uh, so have you done some a longer distance sailing with
1: your scamp? You know, Scamp is fairly new, and it's it's interesting because we've had uh, so many events and so many things that we're, Scamp has been a part of already um, that I, I was joking with somebody earlier saying, you know, people sail it, I don't sail it. It's my boat, but it's always getting used. And it, this is an example, again, here at the Academy. They're going to use it as the lead boat for oh. demonstrations. It's going to get capsized intentionally. They're going to do all kinds of stuff with it. So uh, to answer your question, yes, I've done uh, some short, you know, some overnight cruises on it and, and lots of day sailing on it when I can find the time. But I've got plans to do some more substantial things, but it hasn't happened yet. So how does it how does it do in rougher water? Well, it's it was a goal for us with seaworthiness. That's why we kind yeah. of that's why we started with John Wellesford in the first place. His, uh, if, as you're familiar with his designs, you know that they're almost all, you know, kind of overbuilt. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, it does very well. It's uh, it, it's got high initial stability with the beam in the bottom. Mm-hmm. It's got the water ballast in there, mm-hmm. um, and the, probably one of the key components of the seaworthiness aspect is that. And this is what Howard was so interested in coming flying all the way out there and testing was. Um, I can see it's a seaworthy boat, but I want to know if it does get knocked down, what happens? Uh-oh. Can I bring it back? Does it take? Mm-hmm. You know, am I done yeah. for the day? There's a lot of yeah. production and, and wooden boats where uh, they're they're very seaworthy, but if they do happen to t- go over, it's it's the end of it. You know, or yeah. if you're going to need some help. Yeah. And yeah. what we proved with Scamp and, and there's a, a series of YouTube videos that you can see if you. Type oh really? In, yeah. If you type in Scamp capsize, you'll see all the videos. Oh. And uh, in those videos, we document under and we didn't do it. We did it two ways. We went out in static. Static testing, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. sitting over here in this slip, and we tested it first to see what would happen. And you know, it's very easy to write. One person can swim around, grab the board, pull it down, and hop in uh, the boat. My, um, but uh, what we did in live conditions with uh, with Howard is go out and test it. And uh, when 20 plus knots of wind and oh, real you seas, did? yes, and we did the whole thing. And it's all on video. Oh, really? Yeah. So the boat is uh, <laughs> have your dry suits on and all that. It was dry suit. Yeah, oh, yeah. dry suit
0: conditions. Yeah. Wow. So she doesn't have a tendency to turtle, probably, I wouldn't think. No,
1: she's fairly comfortable on her side. We he, he did force a turtle in the boat, and, uh, and it can be turtled. I mean, I yeah. figure any boat that gets on its side can be, and this one uh, certainly can be. What was nice about her was, um, and John told us all this, with, you know, Wellsford, Mr. Wellsford told us all these things would happen. He would run the numbers. He was very comfortable with it, but yeah. we were biting our nails a little bit to see what would happen. And yeah. uh, we turtled the boat, and were able to recover easily from a turtle. Okay. And uh,
0: The centerboard locked down in position? Or
1: yeah, one of the... Uh, the the, the prototype board is funny the prototype we actually never we didn't do that and uh, since uh, which is sort of an afterthought um, for us and uh, so yeah the plans now uh, uh, suggest locking when the board size
0: you can use that for leverage you can use it for leverage yeah. Yeah.
1: It, the boat is actually it sounds crazy but the boat even with all that beam and that weight uh, it's got so much flotation in it, the way it sits, it's actually writable without with the board uh, closed. If the board retracts, it's still writable mm. with any kind of a line at all because oh, you can I roll see. the boat over. Oh, okay. It's very buoyant. Yeah. So now that so Howard Rice has his own Scamp now. He's actually got two kits He's building. He's working on okay. uh, two boats, but uh, nothing's finished yet. Okay. So, yeah. How
0: many hours estimated to build
1: the boat itself? <laughs> yeah. Here we go. <laughs> the
0: million dollar question, right?
1: <laughs> well. You know the designer John. John is uh, yeah. I think it's a tendency of designers to talk about these these very low numbers. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure hundred hour boat. You're right. Right. I think the number the original number thrown around was 150 hours or something, maybe 200 hours. But I can say this much. I saw a boat. Uh, we didn't keep good track. We got there was so many things involved. The prototype changing oh, things. Everything yeah. it was, it was kind of a wild card. But there was a, uh, a boat a boat built from a kit. That uh, was built here at the Maritime Center, and after 220 hours, they left. And when they left, that boat was completely together on a trailer, looking like a boat, except for there was no paint, no hardware. He had a few things left mm-hmm. to do in the boat. So, he I'm sure he probably by the time I was dead he probably put as many hours in at home. But it was a functioning, you know, functional looking boat. It could have floated that day and, and, yeah. and been yeah. in the water. So, nice. I kind of use that as my yeah. rough number,
0: yeah. Very cool, very cool. Well, um. So what's uh, happening at the Palooza
1: today? Well, it's basically, uh, I'd call this an old-fashioned boat show, or mess about almost, because uh, there's uh, no entry fees, no complications, it's just uh, we put out the word, and, and we didn't have a lot of time to do that even, that uh, we welcome anybody with a small boat, whatever you think is small, bring it on down here, and uh, and uh, we can put them in the water, or putting putting some here in the courtyard at the Maritime Center, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just a chance for people with small boats to kind of gather and look each other's boats over, it doesn't have to be any particular build material, it doesn't have to be any certain type, it doesn't have to be in pristine condition. Mm-hmm. Just uh, small boats, that's the only criteria. And you've got your scamp here. Scamp is here. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, how. Uh, you had
0: some wooden boats as a kid, mm-hmm. and uh, before you had scamp, did you have other wooden boats
1: in recent years? Um, I'm trying to think of the last uh, wooden boats. There was a few uh, <coughs> Barbados boats in there, too. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Mixed yeah. It in. Yeah, I've had mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I think. Um, um, I'm trying to think of the. Last one before that. Oh yeah, there was a, um, a uh, cat's paw dinghy. Oh okay. Yeah yeah, and that was one. In fact, I had that up here in port Townsend and uh, had some fun on on the sail in the bay here. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So tell me just briefly about uh, your magazine. What's sure. that all about? Yeah, Small Craft Advisor is a is a national magazine focused on small boats, um, and uh, we've been actually. Uh, publishing since 2000. We're on going on issue number 76 now. Very cool. Yeah, and uh, we've got a good- Bi-monthly? monthly six yeah. a year. Yeah. And uh, it focuses all the things we're talking about really here. Um, we lean towards sailboats, but we do cover some powerboats row rowboats and uh, And uh, yeah, it's a glossy magazine and, and uh, available on all West Marine newsstands mm-hmm. and uh, most Barnes and mobile stores and then of course by subscription. yeah how much is subscription to that It's 29.95 for the year okay yeah, yeah. you can get it on Amazon probably? Sure you can get it on Amazon you can come to the smallcraftadvisor.com uh, and, and as I say, you know most boat stores are nautical newsstands mm-hmm. Uh, so
0: what's your contact information, Josh, if our listeners want to email you or go to your website or
1: get a hold of you? Sure, I appreciate it. Yeah, the uh, the main website is uh, www.smallcraftadvisor.com. That pretty much covers everything. The phone number is uh, 800-979-1930. Sure. Now, is
0: this your full-time... Uh your full-time gig, it is. the magazine it is. and the
1: Scamp project yes. and all that. Yes. Okay, yeah.
0: all right. And it looks like you're eating okay and stuff. <laughs> <Yes>. You're getting <laughs> enough food. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Let's every get it. other day.
0: <laughs> yeah. I met some wouldn't vote builders that are. You know, it's a little tight on yes. the pockets. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you don't get into the publishing business to get rich, and you don't get into the small boat publishing business <laughs> to get rich for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Planning part and comments for our listeners today, Josh? No, I just uh, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, and, uh, and I encourage everybody to get out on the water and uh, keep it simple. Okay, very good. Thanks for your time. Sure. All right, thanks.
0: Thanks, Josh, for doing that interview. It was really fun to meet you. And uh, I love your magazine and your project and the SCAMP. That's all really fun stuff. Look forward to seeing you in August at the SCAMP class. And uh, appreciate the time. Okay, uh, that's about it for today's show, folks. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to help support me, go to my website and click on the Jamestown Distributors button on the right-hand side. And if you make a purchase from their site of epoxy or screws or marine supplies, I get paid a little bit. Or you can go to the resources page on my website, click on any item on there that's sold at Amazon, Go to Amazon site and select anything that they sell and make a purchase and I get paid a little bit there too. The other way I'd love it if you supported me is uh, it doesn't cost you anything. Go to iTunes, look up my podcast in the podcast section and give the show a five-star review. Uh, Right now we've got 16 five-star reviews, which is really awesome. I'd love to get 30 to 50 and get up to 100 And uh, that just puts the website on the radar a little bit more. And uh, I'd really like to do that, get the word out to more people that can enjoy this podcast. Well, thanks again for tuning in. Keep the sunny side up and the barnacled side down. Have a great week. Get out on the water. Varnish your boat, sand your boat, sail your boat, row your boat. Row, row, row your boat. Now that's not a wooden boat song, I don't think. Anyway, have a great week, folks. Good talking to you. Wooden Boat Dan, over and out.